If you'll uh, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 6, start with, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 5. Start with verse 21. Before we do that, I have a question for you. Actually, two. Where are you going? Who are you going with? A lot of times we, on this life's journey, not too sure where we're going or even who we're going with. And uh, we're going to see that Enoch knows where he's going and he knows who he's going with. And that is someone that we should consider and hopefully emulate. So in Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, it says this, Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became the father of Methuselah. He had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Now I'm going to stop there. We'll finish that. I want you to see something. It says that Enoch walked with God. God didn't walk with Enoch. Enoch walked with God. He was going where God was going. He was in the presence of God. And that was important to Enoch that he walked with God. Interesting when we see the first kind of time in the scriptures that it talks about God walking is in the garden. It says that God was walking in the garden in the cool of the evening. And he called out to Adam and Eve and they said, where are you? Because I'm sure it was their habit at that time of day to walk and be in the presence and to converse and, and to be with God. But because they had sinned and because they had failed to trust God, to have faith in God, because God said, whenever you eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. And they didn't believe God. They trusted Satan more. And so because of that sin and because of that breach, they hid from the presence of God. And all too often, we hide from the presence of God because there are things in our lives that we're not too proud of or, or ashamed of, whatever. So we think that somehow we'll avoid God by hiding. But God knows all, sees all. So we can't. So what Enoch decides to do and notice it didn't say, at Enoch's birth, he walked with God. It said, Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Then Enoch walked with God 300 years. Now, we're not told, I kind of suspect that one of the things that caused Enoch to decide that he was going to walk with God was because he became a father. And you're going to want to make sure that when you are a parent, that you're going to set your children off in the right direction. And the best way to do that is to walk with God yourself. Now, as I say this, I know that it's difficult because most of us, if not all of us, don't have a wonderful track record walking with God. And so we might feel guilty. Oh, I blew it. Yeah, you did. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. There's something you can do about today. You can decide today I'm going to walk 
with God. So for whatever reason, whether it's because he became a father or whatever, he decided at 65 years of age that he was going to walk with God. And he walked with God for 300 years. It wasn't a Saturday or it wasn't a Sunday. He walked with God 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Life went on. He didn't become a monk. He didn't decide that I'm just going to shelter in place. He lived his life. But while he lived his life, he walked with God. He not only wanted to go in the right direction, but he wanted to be in the right company. And so he walked with God. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. We see that this life that he lived was such that God decided that their walk together should not just stop here on earth, but he took him up to heaven with him. I use Enoch as a, an example because as I tell people, there's only been two people in recorded biblical history who never died, but neither one of them are with us. So you need to live your life as if there's going to come a time when you're no longer here, even if you live a life like Enoch and God takes you, you leave it here. And so why was it that God took him? Simply because he walked with God? Well, that's what the faith chapter says in Hebrews chapter 11. So we're going to jump there. So in chapter 11 of Hebrews, starting with verse 5, it says this. By faith, Enoch was taken up that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Now, Enoch didn't taste death. But the scriptures tells us that God has a different view of death than we do. Because the scriptures tells us that blessed is in the sight of the Lord is the death of his holy one. God desires for you to walk with him someday in heaven. And we have this idea that this is all that there is. And God says, no, no, it is blessed in my sight when you come to be with me. And so Enoch wasn't, not because he was super special and didn't deserve, quote unquote, to die, but that God took him because God declared that he was pleasing to him. He became a testimony to faith in God. And so I'm sure for the next several hundred years, when people walk around, well, whatever happened to Enoch? He walked with God and God took him. Because God was pleased with him. So maybe we should be too. Let us be careful where we choose to go and who we choose to walk with. So he says that he was taken up because he was pleasing to God. And following up on that, it says in verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. You see, the scriptures tell us that God was pleased with Enoch, not simply because they walked together, but because in that walking together, Enoch had faith. Oh, that we would walk 
with God. And we, because in today's world, what we actually really want is that God to walk with us. But that's not what Enoch did. Enoch walked with God. And if you take a look in a little known Bible verse called Amos, in Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says this, and some of your uh, translations will have a little different, and I'll say what that difference is. Do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment or have agreed? Now, there are times my wife likes to take a walk, and she especially likes to walk on the beach. But I have to agree to walk with her, not because I don't want to walk, but because she walks at a different pace than I do. If I'm going to walk with my wife, I walk at a different pace than I would normally walk. Because she thinks I almost run when I walk because that's just what I do. And so we have to have an agreement. I'm not going to leave her behind. We're walking together. Well, unfortunately, like the scripture says, how is it you're going to keep up in this time when walking tires you out, when there's going to come a time when you got to run? And so in essence, if you will, in this type of thing, you need to make an appointment with God to walk with him, to agree that you're going to walk with him. That God, I understand your pace is faster than my pace. I'm a little slow. My knees ache, whatever that is. But say, God, I want to make that appointment to walk with you. And I know that as we walk, as in physical life, when you walk more and more, you can walk a little faster and you can walk a little longer because your body has become endurant. Similarly with the spiritual. Kind of like prayer. We'll have a, on occasion a 24-hour prayer vigil. We'll ask people to not ask pray for 24 hours, but to pray for an hour. And if you're honest, you think, okay, I can sign up for an hour. Maybe I can sign up for two or three until the first three minutes of the hour that you've signed up for. And after you've given God all his directions about what he ought to do, you start wondering, well, what do I talk to him now about? But as you commune with God and as you talk with God and as you are in his presence, it becomes easier and easier to commune and be in his presence. It's kind of like, if you will, strangers. When strangers meet, you don't know if you have anything in common. So there's a little awkward silence and trying to figure out what, what you have in common. If you have high school or college buddies or whatever, and you haven't seen each other for a while, there is somewhat of that awkward silence. And then you start talking about what fun you had when you were back in high school or college. And you laugh and, you, and whatever, but it's because you haven't had any current relationship. Walking with God allows you to have that constant relationship. You don't have to worry about, well, back in 1942, when we were close, we did this. It was three minutes ago. God, remember when you helped me out? You make this appointment with God to walk with him, to be with him. And now I want you to jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a that we, as Baptists, and we in particular in this church, quote an awful lot. 
It simply says this. For we walk, well, I'll start with it. Therefore, being always of good courage. Well, why not since you're walking with God? Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I want you to notice two things. Walking means that there is this living, this moving. In, so you're moving in life. You're walking in faith. Now, I want you to notice that it isn't an aspiration. Paul doesn't say, we ought to walk in faith. Paul takes it as a given. We walk by faith. Not, Lord, someday I want to walk by faith. No, no, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, the world will say, well, we Christians, what we do is we walk in blind faith. No, no, no. No, we don't. We walk in faith. God says X, and we walk in it. God says, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that God raised him from the dead, and that you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, you shall be saved. That is a statement from God, which I believe. It says that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever might believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe that. I live my life according to that. I don't live my life hoping that someday will happen. I believe that, therefore, some of the things that the world wants me to be all awestruck over, I'm not. Because that's not where I want to walk. I want to walk with God. I want to prove him right. I want to be with him. I want to be in his presence. And even in the days when I'm like Adam and Eve, when I want to hide, I say, no, no, God, it is better to be with you and to reveal myself as naked and, and ashamed than to say, I'm going to hide out for, in the trees for a while. We walk by faith. Don't make it your aspiration. Make it a testimony of your life. I think probably the only statement that would need to be made at a believer's memorial service is that he or she walked in faith. Doesn't matter how funny you were. Doesn't matter how many jewels you had. It doesn't matter all the trinkets that you thing or how many people thought you were such a wonderful person. To hear a statement as an Enoch, that God was pleased with them and therefore took him. That God was pleased with this blessed saint, that he or she walked with God. And it wasn't a tragedy that God took them. It was a blessing because they were pleasing to God. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. We're walking in faith knowing that this isn't it. We walk in faith knowing that this isn't all that there is, is that we walk. And therefore, when the scripture says that I am supposed to forgive as he is forgiven, then I'm to do that 
even though every ounce of my being wants to get retribution for that wrong done to me. Because I walk in faith. When it says I'm supposed to love you as Jesus loved you and gave himself up for you, I'm going, yeah, but what about me? That's not faith. Jesus says this is what we are to do. Another verse we need to take a look at is Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. You see, the scriptures call us to walk in faith, to walk in newness. We don't walk like we used to walk. We don't walk in the way that it used to be important. It used to be important for us to be famous, for us to be rich, for us to be well-liked, for us to have whatever. That is not our goal. Our goal now is to walk with him in newness of life. Enoch started walking at 65. Most of us, 65 seems like a pretty old time. Well, he lived another 300 years walking with God. Could you imagine what it would be like walking with God for 300 years? I have a surprise. You get to walk with him for an eternity. You get to be in his presence for eternity. And you don't have to hear anymore Satan go, yeah, but you're not worthy. And go, yeah, I agree with you, Satan. I'm not worthy. But God loves me anyway. And God wants to walk with me. And I want to walk with him because I have faith and I want to please him. So don't walk like you used to walk. One of the, I guess, advantages, disadvantages of becoming a new Christian, no matter how you want to hold on to your old friends, they eventually will desert you because you start walking in newness of life you start walking differently than they do. And they don't want to walk with God. And since you are walking with God, they will no longer walk with you. And that will hurt, and that will seem sad, but that is, quite frankly, a fact of spiritual life. Not that you love them any less. As a matter of fact, you want them to walk with you all the more because you know how God is and that you want them to be in the presence of God but usually it's not you who causes them to walk away. They walk away because they don't want to walk with you walking with God. The last mention of Enoch is in a little book called Jude. The ladies in our church a few months ago did a Bible study on Jude. So for you, you'll know much more than, than the rest of us. But I want you to see something. In Jude, which only has one chapter, so it doesn't have a verse, you just talk about the verses. So I'm going to be looking at verse 14 and 15. But basically what happens is in Jude, it's talking about basically how terrible those who claim to be spiritual and want to lead you astray and how they will give all kinds of wrong advice and, and all kinds of uh, wrong living and in verse 14, it says this, 
It was also about these men, these people who were opposed to God. In the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way. And all, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And he goes on to say, these are grumblers and describes who they are. Now, I want you to notice something. We tend to think, well, but God, you don't understand. It used to be the world was better. It used to be that it was easier to be a believer. It used to be, it's kind of like we all say, no, the good old days. So the reason we talk about the good old days is because God has given us the ability to forget the bad stuff. And so all of the bad stuff that happened in the good old days, you forget. It was just the good old days. Well, let me get you in our little secret. There have never been any good old days. They've all had bad things happen. There's always been earthquakes and pestilence and plagues and war and hatred and death and destruction. That has been the history of humanity. Even so with Enoch. Enoch walked with God for 300 years, not because it was easy. There were people who were corrupted and evil. And he prophesied then. You see, Enoch not only walked with God, but he proclaimed God's justice. He didn't walk with God because for 300 years because it was easy. He chose to walk with God, even though it wasn't easy, because it was worth it to walk with God. So to think, well, if I look back seven generations after Adam, everything would have been cool. No. Within a couple more generations, God's going to destroy the world. As a matter of fact, I am convinced if you read the timing, the reason God waits as long as he does to bring the flood is he wants to make sure all of the ancestors of Noah have passed before the flood comes. So I believe there's about five years that passes before. So if you add up all the years and whatever, you'll come to discover that God holds on. And sometimes we go, well, God, how come, how come you're not doing something? I want you to do it now. Oftentimes, God has a very good reason for not being on our time team. But again, I want you to understand walking with God has never been and never will be easy when it comes to the world. But I'll tell you how to make it a little easier. Choose to walk with people who want to walk with God. That starts with your church. That starts with your marriage. That starts with your relationship. That starts with all that you are. Because it is much easier to walk with God when you're walking with people who want to walk with God. Or you have to be one of those people who just says, it's okay, I don't have to have any friends. I'm just going to walk with God, and I'm content with that. And I will tell you that it is better to be alone and to walk with God than to walk with everyone without God. And here's another little clue, because Jesus says, 
Broad is the way to destruction. Narrow is the way to life. So if you have a whole bunch of friends, maybe you're on the wrong road with the wrong people. But if you're on a narrow road with some quality people walking with an awesome God, then whether you walk for five years, 65 years, or 300 years, or a thousand years, it's worth the walk because the company you're in is awesome. And let's face it, if you're not satisfied walking with God here, then it's going to be a really big disappointment when you get to heaven. So you might as well find out now. And so it would be really, really, really a drag to spend eternity with people you don't want to be with. Everybody talks about, well, I want to have all my drinking buddies in hell. No one in hell is going to give a about you. But in heaven, there is a God who loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. Who loved you so much that he says, walk with me. You don't need to be perfect. I didn't ask you to be perfect. I didn't ask you to be holy. I'm going to make you. I'm simply asking you to walk with me in faith. And all God's people say.